Tamatasa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambutasa Namotasa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambutasa Namotasa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambutasa Bhutang Tamang Sankang Namasami So close to the end of the year, but not quite there yet. Um, and earlier today we were talking about endings and uh, noticing, and just encouraging to notice the whole process of the breath in the beginning, the, uh, the kind of coming to fullness, the reaching that point of fullness and then the letting go and then the ending. There's nothing happening for a moment. And uh, as we were reflecting on endings, I noticed <clears throat> a little bit of sadness coming out, like, oh, you know, do we have to talk about endings? Endings are so sad. You know, this this kind of feeling came up for me, and and um, almost kind of wanting to protect people from having to experience endings, and of course we have to experience them all the time. And then as the days gone on, I've um, just been looking at that. You know, looking at the relationship to to endings. And uh, you know, when I, I guess as personally being a bit of a greed type, you know, endings are a little bit sad, and perhaps for aversives they're quite pleasant. I don't know. <laughs> Thank goodness that's over. <laughs> and whether we like them or not, they're happening all the time. So. And just uh, yeah, just reflecting on being with the ending of something, really, really pr in a really present way, and how you know if we're if we're really present with endings, and um, and not on that edge of wanting or or wanting to get rid of, but really present. Well, they they bring us into presence. They bring us fully into presence, and they help to cut, directly cut that sense of continuous flow, continuous flow, always going on to the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and the next thing, and the next day, and the next week, and the next year, and the next life, and the next eon. <laughs> they help to cut that when we pay attention to them. And the, the Buddha is pointing to cessation as a goal of the holy life, of the practice. So, uh, uh, reflecting on the earlier teaching given by Ayasanta Chitta, where she's pointing to the times that we're in now. You know, it's we've we have just come towards the second the end of the second year of the pandemic we're well, not quite fully two years and um, you know many 
many changes, many uh, challenges over these last couple of years. And for me personally, over this last year, you know, it, not not about the pandemic, but it was just just you know personal uh, growth opportunities. <laughs> Quite a number of them throughout the year. Um, and soon we're going to be stepping out of 2021 into 2022 and we, we don't know what that will bring we have no idea what that will bring we used to kind of sort of know what was coming we thought we did you know but over the last couple of years we've probably had to reassess and uh, in a way it's, it's quite a good training you know in in reality so we can go through long periods of time where things are kind of okay or great or even wonderful you know um and now we've been through quite a long time where there have been a lot of challenges and uh, many people have made good you know found the silver lining in those challenges and and uh, made really good use of this time and also many people have struggled a lot and some people haven't made it through so uh for many of us, we haven't experienced something like this, you know, so like a that goes on for so long, that is so much out of our control. Even though, if you look back over history, you know, pandemics have happened much more awful ones than this one have happened many times, and you know, wars and all kinds of stuff has happened over all over the world over many, 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 many times over many, many centuries, pretty much probably, you know, like I won't say forever, but for a very long time. And the Buddha is pointing to this, this samsara, this, uh, this continuous process of, of seeking something, seeking something satisfying, reaching out for it, getting hold of it, becoming it, getting born into it, and then having to go through the the process of you know the many challenges of life. And then eventually at the end of our life we have to let go, we let go of the body, let go of the this particular person that we've been in this lifetime any accomplishments we've made, anything we've accumulated, our relationships, everything, we have to let it all go at the end of this life. And uh, <clears throat> so the Buddha, <coughs> excuse me, so the Buddha points us to, he, he's kind of shining a light on the, I kind of want to say the fact, but it can't be really be proven, but that we have been doing this for countless lifetimes. We've been going around and around for a very long time, seeking happiness, seeking perfection, seeking wholeness. <clears throat> And we can experience it for moments. 
and it's wonderful when we do it's beautiful and you know it's while we're here I feel like our work is to um, <clears throat> to both really deeply understand the the that pattern of constantly leaning forward to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing or trying to get rid of trying to get rid of something that we don't like and trying to get to what we like uh, and that very movement is the is the movement of of samsara is the movement of perpetual rebirth and it's uh, when i look at my own mind you know if when i look at the habits if if i'm not really paying attention carefully then the habits of the mind will do that it'll be on to the next thing and on to the next thing and on to the next thing so learning to settle and still this process is ever leaning forward ever seeking learning to settle that and and find enough stillness that that we can start to see those moments of cessation so sometimes people ask about cessation and they they just want the big one you know they just want the big one at the end the final great wonderful cessation of suffering of dukkha of course it's a good thing to to uh, work towards but in the meantime we need to get to know the little cessations so we can find cessation at the end of a breath at the end of an outbreath We can find cessation when we leave a room and close the door behind us. The cessation of being in that room is finished. We're done. We can find cessation at the end of the day when we lay down and rest and bring mindfulness in those last minutes before falling asleep. We fall asleep. Who knows whether we wake up? We don't really know. We kind of assume we will, but who knows? So far we have, and one day we won't. So it's like that. So uh, cessation when we're really with it, not uh, desiring it or 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 averse to it. <coughs> is deeply peaceful because it's uh, aligned with reality you know, cessation is happening all the time and this this uh, this process that we call me and mine you know that we can there's like the, the birth and the, the process of life and however long that may be and then there's the the ending and then it's ended so that's one way of looking at it and then there's also in any moment uh, there can be this kind of dropping away dropping away dropping away so we can so we need to bring attention to how we uh we need to get clear about how we attend to this 
life. You know, it's it's uh, there's the there's like just wanting pleasure and wanting to have a good time or wanting to become somebody important or wanting to accumulate stuff you know there's all of these things and then there's the the kind of overarching intention of what is ma- what really matters what is meaningful how do i want to steer this process as best i can and uh, you know that's important too so until we get to the place that we can really let go we do need a, a certain overarching intention a kind of a path i suppose a little bit like the buddha talks about you know you make a raft if you want to get to that island over there you you make a raft out of the, the bits of old driftwood and vines lying around and, and you tie them together and you, you get on and you paddle as, uh, as though your life depends on it to get to the other side and we and we need that we need uh, we need the the uh, supports of sangha and of the teaching and of, of our of time and of practice to to make the journey <coughs> I think even on a, such a journey one must rest at times and stop and allow things to settle. So, um, you know, new year, coming to the end of a year is an opportunity to to reflect on, you know, what what has been motivating us? Where's our energy been spent or held back? And uh, how would we like to go forward? Or, or perhaps how would we like to rest back into this, into the present more fully? What would support that? So we kind of, you know, as, as we grow up, you know, as we go through school and growing up, you know, we kind of get told the story of if you work really hard and you do the right things, then you'll be able to make the life you want and you'll be able to control how things turn out. And uh, I'm guessing that most people on this retreat <laughs> maybe didn't have that experience. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and it might be that 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 we just you know, keep on trying, keep on trying and control it, and or get it to line up the way we want. <clears throat> and at this time, you know, as as the the world isn't uh, conspiring to you know, follow our wishes so easily, there are these big, you know, like the, a pandemic is kind of a big deal. It affects everybody. A global pandemic, and and there are other um, 
and the climate, the climate chaos also that's, that's erupting now. So here where we live, we've been touched by that quite directly this year with the, the fire that came through, huge fire. And that's just one of, of many, many uh, different manifestations of climate chaos that have happened over the last years, few years. And perhaps we're just at the beginning of, uh, of that unravelling so much as we would like to have everything lined up the way we would like it to be, it's not conspiring in that way. Life is not conspiring to, to make that happen. So learning to open to things as they are and to learn from and respond to things as they are seems to be our work at this time. You know, to, to do that and also, you know, what can we bring that will benefit other beings and how do we let go of the the ideals and the and the uh, the hopes even that we that we had. So I was speaking to somebody who lived in California um, I guess in the in the I'm not sure, I think it was the 60s maybe. And they were saying, oh, you know, when I lived in California, it was like paradise. California was just like paradise. And now it's not like paradise. Paradise is impermanent. You know? So it's, it's, uh, we're in this time of quite a bit of chaos and quite a bit of confusion. Lots of different, uh, like the media, you know, you don't really know who's telling the truth, what do you follow. And people say, do your research, and you, you research down this, you research this way and it takes you there, and you research that way and it takes you somewhere else altogether. And, and it's like, well, well, hang on a minute, you know. So we don't know, it's a kind of a, a strange time that we're in. But we can know what's going on here. We cannot know what's going on in this being, and in our own heart and mind and it's important that we that we do that we learn how to really contact what's going on here and listen to that and uh, and guide it in the right direction and also to connect with other good beings as best we can whether that's in person or, or online to uh, you know to to have that sense of sangha and uh, connection is important at this time always I think so the Buddha never promised us a perfect world he never said if you practice really hard you'll be you'll be you know beautiful and happy and and uh, live forever in a gorgeous environment he did actually point to some of the heavenly realms that can be pretty lovely for a long time but uh, he didn't recommend that as a final destination, because even they, even even such wonderful, beautiful realms end. So he is pointing us to seeing the reality of this world, of this samsara. Tough though it may be, seeing the reality reality of it and allowing that reality to 
encourage us to to let go. To understand and let go. And um, it's kind of a paradox because it's, you know, again, this thing of, of cessation, of endings. You know, it's see, like earlier on today, as I was saying, feeling a little bit sad, thinking about endings. And then and it can be like that with, you know, think, oh, I've got to let go. I've got to let everything go. It's such a, you know, what a shame. But it's not, you know, when one really lets go, it's like, then you're really here. Then there's full presence. So this morning when I went to, when I found this leaf, this little leaf here, um, I was sleeping out in a yurt just a little way from the morning. It was just like a little way from the house. And I uh, got up in the morning and I had my headlamp on and it's it's been snowing here and it's and it's kind of freezing in the morning. So um, everything was sparkling. There's this sparkle on everything. And then there's this leaf. There's quite a few leaves, but this one I kind of like. So this one leaf picking it up and it's sparkling on both sides. Very, very beautiful. And uh, I could see that how the mind kind of wants to jump ahead, actually, like almost sort of dismiss it. Oh, yeah, and then, get it, and then you're going to get onto. And it's like, no, wait a minute. Look. And then just looking at that sparkle and, and the sparkle is not just that it's pretty which it is it's beautiful but it's also kind of saying impermanence 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 you know it's like the leaf has fallen and it's resting on the snow that's very impermanent although it's been around for a few days now and then on that leaf there's this you know like the the very slight moisture has frozen it's catching the light from the headlamp so it's all saying impermanence, impermanence, in the most beautiful way. <laughs> so um, I think when we really, when we really rest into presence, it's not that everything gets dull or pointless, but it, it's uh, everything becomes more, more alive. And to be fully present with things as they are is is more wonderful far more wonderful than trying to hold on to anything trying to get anything so Ajahn Brahm often talks about Mara being the great control freak that Mara was a uh, Mara, the the um, the force, or the the Buddha refers to him as Mara, the evil one. That's how he's referred to in the suttas, and you know, he's like the force of uh, of ignorance, of uh, confusion, of desire, of aversion. Is that is that which always wants to keep us caught in samsara? And uh, there are these little stories of you know. A monk on his walking meditation path and doing walking meditation and getting an insight. I'm like, ah, and then, then the hordes of Mara. Oh no, there's a monk having an insight. Quick, we've got to, we've got to intervene. You know, we've got to, we've got to. You, you can't let anyone wake up. So Mara has this kind of quality of wanting to keep us sort of 
uh, in the matrix keep us uh, asleep and uh, and he is he li he's a deva he's one of the the high devas deva being like a celestial being and lives in the realm of the so there are the various different realms and there's the devas that delight in creation which sounds like quite a fun place to hang out the devas that delight in creation and then above that above them the next kind of hierarchy of heaven is the the devas that control the devas that delight in creation <laughs> so mara is the the king of those devas and uh, so just noticing how we really like to you know we can many people like to have things like to have things under control, like to control things to be the way we like, the way I think it's right, the way I like, the way I'm comfortable, the way I think it should be, you know. So we all do those things. Or maybe it might be that we want to control things so that we feel safe. If we just get everything under control, then it'll be okay. And the uh, problem is it, we can never really get there for very long. And it's exhausting trying to control everything, everybody. It doesn't really work. So that, that uh, need to control is uh, aligned with Mara. And uh, letting go, opening to things as they are, being present and responsive is aligned with awakening. So it doesn't mean that we don't... Uh, guide our lives, that we don't cultivate, that we don't uh, take care of things. So we need to do all those things, but, but letting go of being the one in control and just allowing ourselves <coughs> to be part of. And uh, that need to control also has a it has a very a very strong ego there. There's a very strong sense of you know me being at the centre of my world, having to make it all fit to be the way I want it to be. And uh, in letting go, we find freedom from that. So the path, even though we talk about stages and attainments and all of this stuff. The path isn't about getting anything. It isn't about attaining anything. It's about relinquishing. It's about relinquishing what was not ours in the first place. <laughs> which is kind of all of it. Yeah. And the stages of awakening are, are ever-deepening stages of relinquishment. Relinquishing views, relinquishing wanting and not wanting, relinquishing agitation, relinquishing the sense I am. There's all of these different stages of relinquishment. So if we're living in a way that's, uh, you know, if we think like, oh, oh I, in order to practice I need conditions to be just right, you know, so I need to be comfortable, I need to be warm, um, I need to not have any bodily pain, 
uh, need um, good healthy food and you know those things can be supportive but they may not be available and uh, really we want to just be able to practice with whatever's going on whatever it may be and uh, like I say we still we still guide our life and we guide conditions in, in a way that's that are supportive and you know we have to make wise decisions but we trust that those those arise they arise they don't we don't have to figure everything out so we're going to be entering into a new year soon and we have no idea what that will mean and what will happen for us individually and collectively so all the more reason to cultivate practice and develop our hearts and minds and to appreciate the little things so I think part of the reason we got into the mess that we have got into is you know, endlessly looking for something else something better, something more and um, oh yes, I said to somebody who's on this retreat actually, one of the yogis um, about uh, a little sparkle having a little sparkle at around Christmas time and um, and she said, oh, that's so un-American. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, you don't have little sparkles. You have big <laughs> spangs and, you know, beautiful big lights. And I was like, oh, yes, that's the problem, isn't it? You know, so you get all those big lights and those big wow moments. And you don't see the little sparkles. You don't see the fallen leaf that's shimmering so beautifully teaching us about impermanence you don't see it because it's not exciting enough so we need to um, reattune to the the teachings of this earth that, that this earth is giving us you know the, the simple the the beautiful the, the and the process that the earth is teaching us all the time you know, when we when we're really present like there is so much in in any moment it, it's so rich there's so much beauty or there's so much learning when we're present and when we're not really present we miss it so appreciating everyone being here in this this time of practice and uh, that we are cultivating these qualities that can you know, hold us in good stead, that can guide us, that can support us, that can support um, a, a letting go of the, of the need for so much, so much stuff so much input, so much entertainment. So coming, the meditation and the renunciant practices that they help us to to let go of the the big and the glorious, and to be more content with the subtle. 
And the uh, paradox is that when we get more content with the subtle and we get more attuned to it, we experience some, uh, we can experience some glorious states beyond what we may have imagined. But it's going in the opposite direction to wanting and not wanting. It's really comes about through letting go. So we have still quite some time of retreat and uh, I'm happy that we're practicing together and that we can continue to allow ourselves to settle into this moment, to this breath, this body. For that tonight. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.